So, the big question is this. How do regular golfers like us, who have jobs, families and very little spare time, how do we improve our golf and lower our handicaps? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name's Paul Gray. Welcome to Golfing Secrets. Welcome back to Golfing Secrets, episode number five. In uh, this week's episode, we're going to do a a very quick review um, of some of the stuff that's happened uh, over the last week in golf, uh, including Teagate. I'm also going to talk a little bit about how to get the most out of your range sessions or your practice sessions. Uh, some of the things that you should be thinking about, looking to do, a few, few sort of tips and, and hints as to get the most out of your range session. And then uh, finally, we've got a, a coming soon section this week, which is going to cover off some of the new stuff we're going to be doing, including reviews, uh, interviews, um, and some other stuff that's uh, coming up. So with that, let's uh, get to it. So what's been happening in uh, in golf this week? Well, um you know, we've had the Hero Dubai Desert Classic, um, which was was impacted quite unusually by by heavy rain and thunderstorms this week. Um, not the norm in uh, Dubai, and um, uh, I'm not going to talk about the result because it was a Monday finish this week. So I'm not going to talk too much about that, as um, you know, some of you may not have yet watched the uh, the. Uh, um the uh tournament on uh, on sky or wherever you watch it so um i'm not going to talk about the result and, and who's actually sort of won that um uh, I'll, I'll perhaps talk about a little bit about that uh, in next week's episode um but what i do want to talk about this week is is actually a thing called teagate now um for those of you that may have heard or seen on social media in particular um uh, there was a, a situation that happened on on the range uh, between Rory McIlroy and uh, Patrick Reed. So um, it's, it's really a bit of a storm in a teacup, to be honest. But because of social media and and, and media in general sort of blowing it up out out of proportion, um, it became a bit of a thing. So basically, what happened was uh, on the on the range on one of the first days, and um, I think it might have been just one of the practice days. Um, not even before one of the rounds, I don't think. But um, uh, Patrick Reed went up to uh, towards McElroy on the range and and offered his offered offered the hand to sort of shake and and basically McElroy refused and just in effect just ignored Patrick Reed. And um, as uh, and Patrick Reed didn't really do anything much, really. He just turned around and went to walk away. But as he walked away, he turned around and flicked a tee in the direction of McElroy. Um, it didn't hit McElroy, it didn't, I mean, it's a tee, so let's face it, it's not exactly going to cause major injury or anything, um, but um, he just flicked it towards him, and my understanding is is that it had the Live Golf uh, logo on it. Um, now, obviously, you know, McElroy's been a big, a big advocate for um, the uh, the PGA Tour, and sort of, it's really been sort of dead set against Live Golf, and... I suppose it's a bit of a cheeky sort of thing as he as he went away. Patrick Reed decided just to flick a tee in his direction with the logo on. Now it really wasn't anything, and, and McElroy himself actually, um, you know, when he was being interviewed after about it, sort of said the same. You know, he said really it was nothing. He didn't even see the tee at the time, and it was just only got blew out of proportion because of obviously all the social media. Um, 
But but apart from the fact that McElroy is is sort of obviously dead against the live golf sort of setup and what's happened with that, and he's a big advocate for the PGA Tour. Um, he's obviously not overly enamoured with with some of the players, um, and it, and it certainly has created a bit of an atmosphere um, when you've got live and PGA Tour players both you know in the same tournaments which they will be at certain times throughout the year um, and also just to add to the mix um, Patrick Reed's solicitor actually served McElroy with a subpoena um, with a court subpoena um, to um, which is all to do with the big live golf suing the PGA Tour and that type of scenario uh, but he served uh, McElroy with a subpoena on Christmas Eve, you know, when he's with his family and stuff. And so obviously McElroy's taken a bit of a bit of um, a bit of umbrance at that, and and has basically decided, you know, he doesn't really want anything to do with with any of the guys from from the sort of live tour. Certainly not Patrick Reed. Um, and, and and really that was all it was. But as with media and and I suppose I'm almost counting myself as media really now by by sort of talking about this and giving it airtime um but it really was nothing it was absolutely nothing and when you look at the video you can see it's nothing it's just there is nothing in it now the only interesting thing from it though for, from my perspective was that Harry Diamond Rory's um caddy he did shake Patrick Reed's hand um now I think he maybe got caught a little bit off guard with that um but um, he did shake <laughs> Patrick Reed's hand, so I don't know if there were was a bit of a, 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 a strange atmosphere between between Rory and Harry after that. I, I'm pretty much sure there probably wasn't, but you know, and that was it. So I just wanted to sort of talk, just in case people hadn't heard anything about it, um, maybe wanted to search on the internet and and find out a little bit more about it and just just see the video. As I say, it's really nothing, but. Social media blew it up, and and so did Sky really, as they were sort of talking quite a bit about it um, at the start of the coverage. But um, you know that's sort of some of the stuff that's happened this week. There was also farmers insurance open again. I'm not going to give away any results on that, just in case people haven't um, haven't um, you know seen it or, or have got it recorded and are going to watch it later. So I'm not going to sort of talk about the results on that. But that's really sort of about it for this week. It's been quite quiet in terms of sort of things happening. That have been particularly sort of noted, um, and um, you know, as I say, just the Hero Dubai Desert Classic um, tournament, which was really good, um, and maybe might talk about that later on in another episode. So, um, so that was it. That was for, for for the week in review, and the main the main part of this week's um, uh, podcast is I just want to talk about you know how to get the most out of your practice on the range, and um, I'm going to be discussing some sort of tips and tricks for practicing on on the golf range. You know, it's it's getting to that time of year. Uh, you know, we're all looking to improve ahead of the start of the main season. Certainly in the UK, you know, the weather's not great. Sort of, you know, December through to through to sort of March really, or February March time. So, so I think like a lot of people, I myself am, am doing a bit more a bit more work off the course. Um, and for for me, I mean, I, I always think of the main season really kicking off when the Masters starts. That's for me is the is the real start of the proper sort of golf season, primarily because the weather's bad. Clearly, I'm a um, fair weather golfer and um, uh, and prefer to to do to play when the weather's nice as most of us do. 
Um, so, so I do have a bit of a focus on what I'm sort of doing and going to the range a little bit more than I perhaps do during the summer. Um, and uh, so I thought in this episode, it'd be good just to just to highlight a few sort of pointers in terms of you know, how you can get the most out of your practice on the range. So I suppose the first part is you know, why practice on the range is important. I mean, there's, there's a number of different reasons, really. It helps to develop consistency. So if you can practice doing things on the range and doing them consistent, consistently, that's obviously going to help you when you get into, um, into your rounds. And I think it's uh, Dr. Bob Rotella, um, who, is, as most people probably may know by now, I'm a big, big advocate for his, his sort of books and, and, and what he says. And um, he, he says he always thinks about, you know, when you're on the range and you're doing your practice, that is your, that's your practice, learning, to, learning to, to do the right technical things. And you do that all on the range. When you get onto the course, you then have to just trust your swing. You're not thinking about, you shouldn't be thinking about your swing technically. It should be more of a, you know, you've done your work on the range, you've embedded it in, you've got some consistency with with your setup, with the way you're swinging and all of that good stuff. Um, and you're you're then just trusting your swing on the course that you've done the work off the course to, to get it right. But it also, it, it does sort of give an opportunity, obviously, to focus on, on individual types of shots that you may want to practice. Any of the weak areas you you've you've identified before, we talked in previous episodes actually about you know using stats trackers uh, or technical gadgets you know like ShotScope which is what I use to to identify what are those those sort of weaker areas in your game um, versus your handicap um, so you can start to work on those areas that you've identified on your range session. Um, it also can actually identify weak areas in your game as you as you're learning to do them so it could be that as part of your warm-up you're hitting some shots and and you're perhaps not not connecting with them well or particular types of shots that may be and and it can also help to identify some of those weaknesses and for things that you may want to practice at a later stage um but also it gives you a chance to try new shots and and, and as i say those new techniques learn you know if you want to change your setup you want to try a new a new hint or tip that you learn on YouTube or where it is, um, or if you've had a lesson and you've got something you want to try and embed in into your swing, then you know a practice session on the range is is really where you can do it because you can you know do it with several balls. You can try to develop that consistency and, and set in stone that that new way of, of swinging, so that when you go to the course, you can trust it and just just do it without thinking almost. The the last thing you want to do is go to go on to the course having had a lesson not practiced it and then be thinking about what you need to do when you're on the course trying to make a score it's much better to try and embed it in in a practice session on the range than it is to um, do it as part of your as part of your round uh, now it's not to say that you know playing playing rounds of golf is is not good for development and, and getting better it certainly is and Again, I am a big advocate for for playing. I think um, I'm trying to think. It was um, Claude Harmon. I think he did an interview with uh, Rick Shields recently, and he was saying that you know quite a few of the the pros actually just go out and practice a lot. They just play lots of rounds. Now, obviously, you know they've got more time to do that, so so it makes it easier. So they perhaps have more time. 
but some of them don't really do that much practice. I think he even said Dustin Johnson isn't a big practice person. He's someone that will go out and play rounds and and and, and improve on things whilst he's he's playing around. Uh, but as I say, they've got a lot more time to do that. So that's the first thing. So that's you know why why practice is important. You know, it helps develop consistency. You can work on individual weaknesses that you've identified using whatever method you've used to identify those weaknesses. Um, and um, it's also a chance just to try out some new shots and techniques and things that maybe you've learned um, uh, or, or, or seen on online, maybe. Um, the second thing is you should set goals for your practice session. Now, <clears throat> what you ideally want to do is focus on the areas you need to improve for your handicap. Um, so, you know, if, as I've said in previous episodes, if you've you know, downloaded our stats trackers, there is a link in the bio, actually, if you do want to download a copy of our stats trackers just to use that. Um, it's a useful, even if you don't use the actual trackers, you can use it just to understand where you sit versus versus your handicap in terms of, you know, be that putting, approach shots, driving, you know, how many fairways you hit, all of that sort of stuff. You can use the stats trackers just to do that. There is a link in the bio um, uh, and under this episode where you can you can just download a copy of that. Um, so so do, do, do give that a try. But as I say, setting goals for your practice session, focus on the areas you need to improve the things that you've identified and try to identify some specific shots or techniques you want to improve. Um, so if... If, for example, you know your short game, uh, your up and downs isn't very good, you need to work on those. Then try to identify two or three different scenarios. The less, the better. Um, if you can, depending obviously on what time you've got. Now you've got to think that a lot of us maybe when we go to a range, we might only have an hour's session to 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 use on the range, maybe. You know, in between jobs and work and families and all sorts, um, so you might only have an hour. So you've got to really be, be, be specific on the things you are going to do when you get to the range. So, you know, decide on on what you want to focus on for that one particular session. If you've got longer, clearly you could do more. But I would suggest no more than one or two things to try and work on each time you go to the range to do to do a session. You know, work out what those either specific shots you want to work on or the technique you want to improve um, and set some achievable targets for, th for that practice session as well you know so I don't know if you're working on putting you know aim to to make you know six putts from a certain distance um, and then you can move on and, and, and focus on something else so set some some achievable targets um, but do make them a little bit difficult otherwise you know what's the point you're not going to improve the third part I just wanted to cover off was what, what should you bring to the range? So clearly you've got to bring your clubs and um, and you might need some balls if you're not using range balls. Um, a range fighter um, is is really a, a good thing to sort of take so you know you know what distances you are definitely hitting things to. Um, I've been to a number of different ranges um, where you know, you've seen a 50-yard flag, a 100-yard flag, and a 150-yard flag, and actually when you measure them, they're nothing near those distances. Um, so so it's, it's helpful to have a range finder if you've got one, um, so you can you can then really sort of dial in your, your distances with your clubs when you are using them and hitting particular shots. 
I think a notebook is a good thing to to have just to keep track of the progress and even before you go to the session maybe just jot down the, the you know the one or two things you're going to work on um, and then have a plan of attack really for when you're there uh, and the last thing as part of this I would say is just take some water something to eat make sure you're hydrated and and sort of um, going to um, you know so you know what so, so you're going to be hydrated and 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 sort of swinging at your best once you're once you're there really I suppose um, I'm going to cover off some specific tips so once you're sort of doing it but before I get to that I just want to there's there's three things I just want you to sort of think about when you get there so try to divide your session into into sort of I suppose three or four parts really the first is do some form of a warm-up um, don't just get a load of balls, start bashing them, and, and you know you're, you're likely to cause yourself injuries. Do some form of, of a light stretch, um, and then maybe just do a few wedges uh, for five or ten minutes, just to sort of start to get the the swing muscles sort of loosened up a little bit. Maybe build it up and do some mid irons just to just to warm up, but don't do it for a long time. Do it for you know five to ten minutes, even maybe fifteen minutes, just sort of doing a proper sort of warm up. Then secondly, focus on what the main goal is for the session. So if you've decided you want to work on your mid-irons and your, 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 your 125 to 150 yard distances, which is what I'm working on at the moment, um, then focus on that area and the things you're going to try to do and build on in that session for that particular area that you've identified before to, to try and improve. Just focus on those one or two areas, as we said before. Do that for maybe 30 minutes, so you can focus on that one area. And then, last of all, have a for the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, have sort of a fun activity. If you're there with somebody else, then maybe have a bit of a competition with them to hit certain targets or um, see who can hit it the furthest or whatever it is, but make it fun. Um, you know, if you can make it a bit competitive with somebody who's there, that actually really does work. And I've done it with my son quite a bit. He he does love to go to the range. He doesn't like playing on the course, but he loves going to the range. And you know, we'll we'll do different things that that will you know make us a little bit competitive there. We'll try to get who see who can get it closer to a particular flag or to a net or whatever it is we we we're doing. And and we actually find it quite fun. It's um, it's really sort of enjoyable to do um, and it's something actually that a lot of the sort of the top sort of juniors actually at our club they do a lot of that they go out and there'll be a couple of them might be on a putting green they'll do different things and try and sort of they make it fun to be and, and competitive you know um, so I, I do suggest that, that doing that is a, is a really great way of doing it so number one do do a do a, a warm-up a light stretch a um, then a few wedges and maybe a few mid irons just to get the muscles flowing so you're sort of properly sort of warmed up then do your main focus for the session for the next sort of 30 minutes and then do 15 minutes of just fun stuff at the end and that's if you're only doing an hour so um, it gives you a good sort of section if you've got if you're there for longer and you're doing it over a longer period of time then obviously you can build in more things into it but as a basic one hour session I would suggest do that warm up light stretch 
few wedges, few mid-irons, get your body flowing, then focus on the main bit you're there to do and focus on and improve on, and then do a fun activity. Um, and that's probably it, really, in terms of sort of doing a practice and trying to get the most out of it, really. Um, a few other tips that I said I was sort of going to sort of say at the end. You know, we always, we, we, I already said, really, make sure you take water and snacks along to, to keep the energy levels up. Um, always, a, always a good idea. You know, as a diabetic girl for myself, I, I have to make sure that um, I've got enough carbs and, and, and stuff there. And so, so check sort of quite regularly when I'm doing any sessions or, or even when I'm playing golf. But, but, but everybody should really make sure they've got water and snacks so that you can keep yourself sort of energised for it. Um, and I suppose it's, it's sort of, I talked about making it fun before. The other side of that is also, you know, practice can be boring <laughs> at the end of the day. So, so making it fun, that last section of the one, two, three sort of part of your session, uh, dividing it into three parts, then certainly, you know, um, you know, definitely, definitely do that. So, so some, some additional sort of tips. Um, we've already covered off and said, you know, start with your short game. Um, the second one I would say, you know, just focus on one shot at a time. Um, we've said already you're going to work on one particular area of your game or two if you've got a bit more time. Um, um, if you meet the particular goal you set yourself as part of your practice, then great, stop there. Don't overdo it. You know, if you meet a, meet a, if you meet a target that you've set yourself for the session, then you know, certainly just, just leave it at that. Keep it nice and simple and just move on to the next thing if you've got more time and want to do something else. Make sure you note it down in a notebook was definitely um, a thing that we covered off. Um, and also, as, as part of, you know, I sort of said, I said, you know, when you're doing a sort of warming up and, and that, you don't have to just do wedges and mid-irons. You can, you know, use a variety of different clubs as part of your sort of warm-up routine. Um but it's really important that you pick different targets each time. Don't just hit to the same target on the range um, or on the practice area, wherever you're, wherever you're doing your practice, because it's never like that in a game. Um, and so it's really important to make sure that what you practice is as similar to when you're on the course. So pick different targets. Don't ever go to the same target two or three times or more than, more than, you know, more than two or three times. You know, just hit one or two balls to one target and maybe one or two to another target. Um, but you can still practice the same techniques, but just going to different targets. And it's really a really good um, sort of way of doing it and, and routine to get into. Uh, the other thing is also, if you can, try and practice when there's different conditions. Um, I know we all love practicing and playing golf when the sun's out, there's no wind and... You know, the ground's perfect, the greens are receptive, and it's all brilliant and great. And that's fine. But, you know, most of the time, certainly here in the UK, you know, the conditions are going to be very different. You know, you have wind, rain, you know, it's freezing cold. You know, balls travel different um, distances and in different ways when it's cold, when it's wind, when it's windy. You know, when the wind's behind you, great happy days but even when the wind's behind you you know it can knock the ball down a bit so it's it's worth trying and practicing in different conditions so don't just wait for the days when the sun's out and it's perfect conditions you know do try and practice in in different um conditions uh, and the other thing to to really sort of focus on and this really came about um with a 
uh, a session I did with my brother actually, and um, we we looked at his his setup where for his for his just for his sort of mid irons really, and you know we we noticed that his his posture wasn't quite right. Um, uh, grip was okay and, and everything else seemed okay, but a lot of his posture wasn't quite right. So do pay attention to your setup and your posture and how you are set up because it's a really important part of of hitting the ball, you know, in the right way. So do pay attention to your to your setup and, and sort of concentrate on that. You know, when it gets to the end of the session and you're doing the fun stuff, then you know, just try some fun stuff. Do the happy Gilmore type swings and shots and try one-handed things and and just just do things that make it sort of fun and and i suppose that's the one of the sort of key things really is is you know make it fun and competitive if you, if you can do if you're there with somebody else um even if with this with yourself you can set yourself targets to achieve which makes it competitive so um so so definitely make it fun uh, and competitive and remember just some consistent range practice will pay off on the course you know uh, so make the most of your time use the tips and the things that we've sort of talked through in this episode um and and as i say have fun enjoy it and make it uh yeah make make the most of your sessions on the range no matter how long or short they are and and that's it really in terms of, of how to get the most out of your practice sessions if you've got any comments or anything with regards to that, please do um, post them in the comments, and you know, let us know what what are the things you do when you go to the range. Uh, be interesting to, to get a view of what other people are doing when they go to the range for their sessions. And, and moving on to the last part for for this week's episode is is the the coming soon section. So I, I just want to talk very briefly um, about what we've got coming up over the next sort of few weeks and, and months, really. So, um, on um, on my TikTok channel, I did a I did a review of a of a golf bag uh, that I bought. I thought it was I thought it was a great bag, um, and did a, a real review of it, and thought, well, you know, had, had quite a good response from that um, that particular video, and and it just got me thinking in terms of you know I've I've bought. A gazillion different training aids and different things as I've tried to sort of improve my own golf and I thought it would be good just to do some some reviews of some of the sort of practice and training aids so you know I've I already did last week gave a view on my sort of top three winter training aids but um, I'm going to do some more reviews um, I'll do I'll do one or two on the actual podcast itself but I'll also do some on either the TikTok channel, YouTube, or, or Facebook, maybe. And um, so we've got some reviews coming up. Uh, there's a number of things that um, uh, I've, I've got in mind to do for that. So, so keep your keep your ears peeled for that, and I'll obviously send out stuff to let people know when that's when that's happening. Um, some of the products, you know, that I've got aren't so good <laughs> so I, I will i will also review some of those and and maybe i'll do a list of of you know the the top three worst training aids i've used um some people might find that amusing so um so we've got some reviews sort of coming up we're also going to introduce some interviews over the coming sort of weeks and, and months um a lot of these are going to be from from regular golfers and, and local local golf pros who've you know who've have 
achieve success in reducing their handicaps or achieve certain things in um, in their sort of careers. And we've got one or two interviews that are going to be coming up, as I say, in the next few weeks. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the specifics on those, but but do stay tuned for those. Uh, we've got, you know, um, certainly a golf coach. We've got, um, uh, yeah, just some really sort of interesting uh characters and, and people who have you know as i say done done some some really good things and i think it'll be really valuable for people to hear sort of what they've done and how they've improved and um uh, it's quite exciting stuff and <laughs> at least for me um but we've got those coming up so we've got reviews and interviews sort of coming up um and that's that's it really um Hopefully everyone's going to get a lot more out of this. They've got a lot out of this episode. Um, you know, as always, if you've got some value from this episode or, or any of the episodes, I'd, if, I, if I can have one ask, and that is to say, you know, can you please share it with at least one other golfer? Uh, that would be my ask. Um, you know, share share the podcast with them. Let them know about it. Um and obviously, if you haven't subscribed, um, please subscribe or follow the podcast, depending on where you listen to it, um, would be really appreciated. Uh, remember, we publish episodes on a weekly basis, normally on a Monday. Um, and I'd really love if we could, you know, really grow this sort of community, add a few more subscribers to the podcast so that we can then start to deliver more value, really, for, for everybody on here. And that's the ultimate goal, really. There is a link in the bio um, or the episode wherever you're, you're sort of listening to this so you can gain access to all the previous episodes as well as some of the free resources. I talked about the trackers so you can get uh, there. So there's a link in the bio um, and uh, there's links in there which give you access to some of the content we've got across the different platforms including the likes of TikTok and stuff. So um, so do take a look at some of those things um, and um, thanks for listening. Here's to shooting lower scores. We'll catch up with everybody in the next episode. Thanks for listening.